and welcome to Oxford EdChat. These sessions are recorded in Twitter spaces and hosted by Oxford University Press. This episode is all about Essential Letters and Sounds, a new DFE validated phonics programme developed by Knowledge Schools Trust and published by OUP. We hope you enjoy today's chat. Hi everyone, I'm Caroline. I'm the Head of Phonics Publishing at Oxford University Press here in the UK team. And really excited to be here today talking about the fantastic, the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds, or ELS, as we've all uh, become accustomed to calling it. So I thought I'd just start by telling you all about the three reasons that we are so delighted to be working on this programme. Reason number one is that it's a really comprehensive, brilliantly well thought out phonics teaching programme, and it's been validated by the DFE. So it's perfect for schools who want to move to a new phonics program, maybe in the light of all of the, the, the noise that there's been around phonics recently, or maybe for schools who just want to review and maybe improve and tweak and refine a bit what they're already doing. Reason number two, the other fantastic thing about ELS, is that because it's based on the 2007 letters and sounds progression, there's a really good chance that it matches a lot of decodable books that you probably already have in your classroom. So hopefully it's a great way to make use of existing resources and decodable readers that you already have inside this structured programme. And reason number three that we're so excited is that we get to work with the fantastic authors of the programme. So Katie and Tara um, have been working tirelessly on this programme. Thanks so much for being here today. And I'm wondering, to start with, maybe could you just tell everyone a little bit about yourselves and also about how ELS started? Hi, Caroline. Thank you so much. I'm Tara. I wrote the program with Katie. Before working, um, I joined the Knowledge Schools Trust in September um, of 2020, um, and I run the English hub that's they, that they host there for the DFE. And before that, I'd been a reading lead and worked in several schools in London. And I'm really passionate about early reading and engaging with those children who have found learning to read difficult, spent a lot of time prior to this role doing research into that and supporting other schools in developing their practice. And I'll let Katie introduce herself and then I'll, and then I'll talk a bit about how and why this all started. Thank you, Tara. And thank you so much, um, everybody, for joining. This is very exciting. As uh, Tara mentioned, we together we wrote Essential Lesson Sounds. So oh, ELS, as Caroline um, also explained, that's what we call it. And like Tara, I'm incredibly passionate about early reading and phonics, and it's always been my subject that I've specialised in. I studied at a university as part of my English Language and Linguistics um, University course, and we together, we, we wrote Essential Lessons Sounds because we wanted to ensure that every single child had the opportunity to be able to read quickly. And that was a part of our work with the, the English Hub that we worked for with the Knowledge Schools Trust. And um, we found that uh, we were working with our lesson sound schools who needed support in making sure that their provision for um, phonics was of really high quality. And that's where Essential Lesson Sounds was born from. And um, so it all sort of started here with this work with the, um, with the English Hub. And so Katie's been a literacy specialist for the Hub since it began. Uh, so before I joined, and she was going into a lesson sound schools that we were funding and supporting, and she was noticing that you know uh, she was seeing a lot of different practice, not just school to school, but classroom to classroom as well. And um, she started to think about how she could develop a consistent approach that schools could use, so that every single 
child would see the same thing regardless of which classroom they were in that they would be hearing the same vocabulary and seeing the same sorts of things within their lesson and so that's where this all really began was that Katie put together it started off with some active inspire whiteboards and some very simple lesson plans that were about half a page long that the schools were following and so she developed these for the schools to start to use and then from there we've we've built this program together it started there so katie had written these these lesson plans these really simple lesson plans for the schools to follow and she'd created these active inspire whiteboards and it it, it started from there and then this year we've worked together i think it's, we we definitely have a bit of an echo chamber in our office because we're just so passionate about getting children to learn how to read <laughs> but yeah katie do you want to talk about where what we've kind of developed over the following over the over the last year Absolutely. So um, over the last year, we have now been, we've been working very much with the schools that were using lesson sounds uh, within our partner schools in the English Hub, and then additional schools also who then piloted essential lesson sounds in its uh, really early days. And with them, we, we worked together to ensure that the practice that we were putting in place was of really high quality. And from that, we, we've developed essential lesson sounds into a full SSP. So it's a full program and it comprises, comprises of everything from training all the way through to those everyday teaching resources and lessons. And it was so important to us that we use the, the time, the phonics time, really effectively. And so that we're teaching really high quality phonics sessions from start to end. So we still retain that original lesson sounds uh, structure of review, teach, practice and apply. And we do have a bit of review at the end. But it was really important to us that we use every single moment really effectively. So we, we introduced children to really high-level vocabulary within their, their phonics with their phonics knowledge and we give the children that meaning straight away so they're able to then apply it later on and it was so important to us that the children had the opportunity to develop their reading and also their language and communication and so essential lesson sounds is a phonics program but it also comprises of really high-level vocabulary the children can then access because they know how to decode it but they also know how to make meaning from it and then um, we also, uh, within that, we teach the children uh, those early writing skills of being able to, uh, put, using their phonics knowledge to then write words down the page, but also to write sentences. And we look at capital letters and punctuation as well with four stops, for example. Mm -hmm. So we've thought about the whole program. And within that, we have everything that hopefully will get children reading really quickly. <laughs> That's fantastic. Thank you, Katie, Tara. And I think one of the things that really comes across from talking to you and also in the way that we've been developing the resources is that key thing about consistency. So it's really helping teachers share the same practice, share the same vocabulary, share the same teaching principles across the classrooms, whether that's reception or year one. And I think the thing that we often get asked about is, you know, just a kind of quick overview of what, what actually are the, the components. So you mentioned the training, and I'll ask you a little bit uh, more about that in detail in a moment. But also just to mention, in case anybody is wondering, there are some practical classroom resources that we've been developing. So there's a, a, a set of flashcards, graphene um, cards for use just day to day with the children, um, a wall freeze for each year group, and a spelling poster as well. So kind of practical things that you would use 
physically in the classroom. There's also a real wealth of online resources. So um, the program is delivered, as you mentioned, by uh, Interactive Whiteboard. And it's a really structured kind of step-by-step walk you through each, each day of each week um, so that children get used to the familiarity and the consistency of the approach and teachers do too. So everything is provided for you on the whiteboard to deliver those lessons. There's also follow-up activity book practice as well, and they're available in printed format too. And of course, it links across to our decodable readers um, from the various OUP 2007 Letters and Sounds-based progression books that match across, as you say, it's not just about learning phonics, it's about applying that phonics into your reading and your writing too. I wonder, having mentioned the training, uh, could you give us a little bit more background on uh, what actually uh, the training comprises and what what schools could expect when they sign up for it? Absolutely. Katie's going to talk us through um, some of the online training that's available. Our training, as we've already mentioned, we have the full training package that will be in place for schools. And that will explain how everything that you would need to know about essential lesson sounds, right from the beginning of an overview of what's included in the program, right the way through to um, how to support every single child to ensure that they keep up with the program um, and not needed to catch up, but also support for your reading needs as well. But our main training, um, which is for every member of staff, is online. It's already pre-recorded and they're filmed in short episodes. And the idea is, is that when you, if you do take on essential lesson sounds, that you, when you're embedding that program so at the start of the year, most likely, you can use your insert time or other CPD times to, to watch these videos and to engage with them. We wanted to make sure that there was videos that were really accessible for everyone to get, then go back to it as well. So we have three main online trainings, which are called um, Embed, which is the theory and pedagogy to support the teaching of phonics and early reading. And we also look at um, terminology in there as well, and also pure sounds. Then we move into Enact, which is the actual how to deliver the lessons, how to teach the lessons. And we look at the lesson plans in detail. We look at the interactive whiteboard resources. We look at the other resources, the physical resources that are used in the lessons, the language that we're using, and we also watch some videos of teachers teaching in the classroom. So that's Enact, and that's the main bulk of the online videos. And then we also have um, Enable, which are our interventions, and that's training so that every member of staff knows how they can support every single child in the classroom, but also if they do need any additional practice outside of the room. And we thought really carefully about interventions that support the program to ensure that every child keeps up rather than catches up. And we wanted to uh, allow staff to be able to go back to those recordings at any time. So um, they'll be available via the Essential Lesson Sounds website. And if you just want to go and refresh your memory on one small part of it, you can. You can go back and just watch that small like episode, that small bit, so you just can refresh your memory. Because we all know that we're in training courses. Sometimes you can hear so much information. You think, great, I'm going to do it there and then. And then something happens and it just it goes out of the mind. So we wanted to ensure that schools had the opportunity to watch it again. So those are the main online, and that's for the whole school. And there's lots of other information in there, you know, like which interventions are appropriate for which children. And, you know, it's very detailed. Then there's additional um, training that's available. So as part of the online training package, you also have access to Execute, which is a training specifically for your reading or phonics lead. And that's about how to lead ELS within your school. And then we have Evaluate, which is about using the assessment side of our program. And as part of that Evaluate from Autumn 2 on our training subscription, you will also have like an online tracking tool so you can track your assessments for your children. 
and that's a free app that's downloaded onto an iPad. And then you can, it's a very simple tick and cross system for um, looking at the children's uh, ability to uh, how far they can get through the process of the assessment. And that's all then held centrally in your center, your kind of training center, um, so that people can look at all the assessment data. And so those are two additional parts. And there's also a training, an online training for your reading lead about using Evaluate and how to use the assessments to actually drive forward the teaching of phonics within your school. And then the final part is an optional extra, which is Evolve. And that's an in-person day with your school, which is completely bespoke to your school. So you would get in touch with us and say what you want some support with, and then we would bespoke a day for you and come to your building. That's an additional extra if you if you so choose to have Katie or myself or another one of our wonderful ELS team come and see you in your school. That's brilliant. Thank you so much for that that description of the training. Um, and as you said, I think uh, that the combination of being able to have access to the materials whenever you need it, you know, if you've, you've forgotten something or you think, oh, I just need a little bit extra on that, that's super helpful. Um, and as well as the option to, to have one of you two or, or, or your expert team in the school just kind of really getting into, into the detail of how things actually work in individual schools is a, is a massive plus point as well. That's fantastic. I'm going to ask you a question which I always get asked about ELS, which is really about the progression. So where does the programme start, you know, in kind of letters and sounds terms, and where are children by the end of it? Can you tell us a little bit more about that detail there? Shall I jump in, Katie? Yes, sorry. (laughs) Thank you. So uh, the programme starts at the beginning of reception. So children are starting in phase two. We do have some guidance in our handbook for phase one for those who have nursery settings. Um, And there's some supporting ideas of things that you could be doing and how um, it links to the early years learning goals for the new, the new ones for 2021. But it starts at the beginning of phase two. And so there is a lesson every single day from the first day of teaching and reception all the way through to the end of year one. And by the end of year one, spring two term, you will have covered all of the phase five alternatives plus a couple of extras. And that we've added in because we want to make sure that not only are children going to pass that phonics screener check, like, yeah, that is important. Although Katie and I would both say that learning to read is more important than passing the phonics screen. We've put as much information in as possible for the children to learn and through those phase five alternatives, plus the couple of extras up until spring two. So that in summer two, when your children are therefore learning, you know, the less frequently used GPCs. Um, they've got a really wide and rich knowledge of phonics already. They've been applying it consistently in lots of different circumstances, both in decodable readers, but also through the stories and the sentences that form part of the activity workbooks. But so that come the end of summer two, your children should be ready for that challenge of year two. And what we wanted to avoid in writing this program is that, you know, we want to make sure, basically, we want to make sure that every child is a reader by the end of year one. Because we know, we've both taught in year two, and we know the challenges that the children face. And you know that 90 words per minute speed that they're going to need to read at to be able to actually access that reading paper at the end of year two. And having the speed of the the reading speed, but also the knowledge and that rich vocabulary that we've introduced through the program, children are going to be able to better access those texts. So not only will the children have all of the... um, phase five and phase five alternatives plus the couple of extras they're also going to have had a really wide range of texts that they've been exposed to as well through the program you know those apply workbooks there are a vast range of texts both fiction and non-fiction 
there's instructions, there's fables, there's kind of everything and anything that we could think of that the children might come into contact with through reading or through any kind of comprehension activity that schools might use in addition. We've tried to cover absolutely everything. So we're giving children just the the best start in their reading journey. Do you, I don't know, Katie, do you want to add anything? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, um, it's been really important to us that the children, as Tara said, that we want the children to be reading and we want them to be reading widely and we want them to be reading well. And uh, within the within Central Western Sounds, in terms of how a week would look, is um, when we're teaching those new sounds within phase two and phase three and phase five, we teach four sounds a week. So Monday through Thursday. And then on a Friday, we review that learning for the week. And it's on that day that we also um, bring in those decodable books. So the books um, that align with Oxford University Press, the decodable books. So that's when they're reviewing what they've learned throughout the week. So it's four new sounds and then review. And then throughout the term as well, we also have put in what we call review weeks, which is an opportunity for the children to be reviewing everything that they have learned and to really feel confident with their um, sound and graphing knowledge and also their uh, reading at speed and more fluently and accurately, and then also that, that confidence. And we found that the schools that were, who were piloting ELS, that they were able to really use those review weeks to ensure that every single child felt really secure with their, their phonics knowledge, but then also then applying that into writing. And within the progression, we've also made sure we put in um, time for assessment. So we always assess um, the children in week five, which allows you to then have the week to do that assessment alongside their daily lessons. But then in week six, if you've noticed anything as a whole class, because essential lesson sounds is a whole class approach, or any individual children, you've got week six to then catch that up as well. Because we want to ensure that there's everything, we've covered everything before we go on a holiday, for example, because we know when we come back from holiday, we'll be reviewing again for what we learned the last term. So we just want to make sure everything has been covered. And we also found that our schools that were piloting essential lesson sounds, and it was them more than us, actually, that said to us, we're ready in, in reception to move on to phase five. And so we've, we've talked a lot about it and we talked with OUP as well about allowing the children in reception to be introduced to phase five at the, uh, near the end of the year. And so they're introduced to phase five in the summer, last summer term, which means that they um, are, as I say, introduced to it and they can start to become familiar with what the sounds and graphics are in phase five but then in year one we review what we've learned for the first couple of weeks before moving on to the phase five sounds and graphics again because we know that the children will, will definitely need it but our pilot schools are saying to us we're ready we're ready for phase five now and that's with the children feeling really confident with phase two phase three and also phase four although tara and i have always been really um we've always found phase four an interesting phase because Obviously, once the children are able to recognize the individual uh, sounds graphemes, say in the word green, so g, r, e, n, green, they can, they can be given the opportunity to blend those sounds together earlier on, so not just in a phase four area. So we haven't put a ceiling on phase three, for example. Thank you, Katie. That's a really clear explanation. And I think one of the things you highlighted there is that the program has a lot of review activities built into it to really help all the children. Uh, to, well, I guess to help spot problems and to give the time to remediate them before you move on so that children aren't just kind of racing through the programme and then building on potentially sort of shaky foundations, I guess. I'm aware that there are other features in the programme as well which really support that kind of keep up rather than catch up approach. I wonder, is there anything else that you'd like to uh, to add into that just about how the, how the programme helps support that? Absolutely. So within the actual lessons themselves, uh, thank you, Caroline, 
the children are, is a whole class approach. So the children are all together for the lesson, which also means that there's no downtime, no time has lost with children moving rooms or children changing teachers. And also the class teacher knows exactly where every child is at. So all children are together in the whole class environment and they have review, teach, practice and apply. And all children are getting that same knowledge and understanding of the curriculum as we move through. And then, and everything is modelled. Everything is clearly given to um, the children so that they understand how to be successful. They know what to achieve. They know what to do because it's been so clearly modelled. And also the routines have been really early on embedded into uh, the programme. So they, they just know what to expect from what's happening next. But it's in the apply section, once the apply whole class part has been done, that most of the class go off to do an apply independent activity where they are reading either, well, they're always going to be reading decodable texts um, within our apply activity books, but they might, they'll also be practicing the writing of that new graphene and then also identifying it within the text um, and, reading other, and reading words and reading uh, those harder to read and spell or tricky words. And that's what's happening for those children who are off at the tables doing an independent activity. But for those children who might need that a bit more focus or a bit more additional time, in the lesson, in the apply part of the lesson, those children are getting an in-the-moment intervention. And they'll be practicing and looking and recognizing that new thanographing that's been learned that day on the carpet with the class teacher. And they'll be using something like magnetic letters or graphing tiles to, uh, to re go over what they've been learning in the lesson. But it's really focused on that new sound and graphene and then blending for reading. And it's there that in that moment that the children are getting exactly what they need. So hopefully they don't need so much other additional one-to-one -one or phonics interventions because we know that children, we, they need to be in the classroom for all their lessons. So we wanted to make sure they had this really high quality phonics time in the room in the time. And actually our pilot schools said to us we didn't really need to have very much additional one-to-one -one time because of the fact that the children were getting such a high quality support in the classroom at the, the time of the lesson. But I'm going to hand over to Tara who will talk a bit about the, um, maybe the interventions that we use to support the children if they do need any additional time. Yeah, and I think, you know, what Casey's just said, it's so important. You know, we, do, we don't want children outside of the room as much as possible. And we don't separate them out when we're teaching geography or if we're teaching art, we don't put a bunch of children in a different room. We're keeping the children together. Everyone's going to keep up with the pace of the program because they're having that quality intervention right there from their class teacher. And your support staff, if you are lucky enough to have one, is there, you know, to support those children who are doing that independent apply activity, but also then they're the people that can really take ownership of the interventions that do happen outside of the room if required. And these are really short. They literally last three, four and five minutes for the three different interventions that we've written. And they are so targeted to specific skills, whether it's GPC recognition world lending or blending for reading and practicing reading they are also targeted to specific learners as well you know we've talked about which ones might be appropriate for eal learners or potentially children who might have some auditory processing difficulties and we've consulted with experts on these as well so not just teachers in the classroom who are obviously the greatest expert but we've also spoken to speech and language therapists and we've spoken with an incredibly highly qualified um, Great Ormond Street speech and language therapist and taken her through all of our interventions and all of the programs. And she was convinced that in her knowledge of all of the phonics programs out there that she'd come into contact with through her work, that ours provided the best structure to support those children that required additional work outside of the classroom. But they are very short and specifically to 
remove that element of, ch- of children disappearing from learning outside of this area of the curriculum because we don't want children to then, we don't want to build a gap by taking them out to close a gap. Yeah, yeah, that makes complete sense. Thank you so much for that. I've reached the end of the questions that, uh, that I'd had jotted down here, and I'm just wondering if, uh, if anybody who's on the Twitter space at the moment would like to ask a question. We're happy to, happy to talk a bit further, if that's of interest to anybody. I'm, I'm the reading recovery lead of a junior school. Um, we're looking to establish something a little bit more formal um, that follows on from our infant school across the road. Um, what would you say or how would you use ELS for children that haven't yet secured um, their phon- phonological knowledge? For example, we've got um, children coming in this year into year three who are struggling with some of their phase two. Um, a lot of them are starting on phase three and we kind of need to sort of hit the ground running in, in year three, really. How do you sort of see ELS being used for those children? I'm so glad that you've asked this question because Katie and I have written this programme deliberately with the knowledge that it's not going to be just in infants that this is happening. And absolutely every element of the programme, even down to the illustrations, the rhymes, the vocabulary, the activity sheets, the books, absolutely everything has been written with keeping in mind that this would be appropriate for children in year six and beyond. Um, and I think Katie will, uh, you know, join me in saying that this, the whole program is designed that any child could pick it up at any point in primary school. And the way that we've spoken before to schools about using this outside of, um, you know, year one and year two and reception would be that you've got the online whiteboards that can be used and they're quite speedy to get through. Um, and you can use those with children in any year group. And also the interventions are easily adapted to be used in any, in any group as well because you, you could change some of the vocabulary that you might use within the intervention. But it's all been designed with that in mind that you could, you could use it in absolutely any year group for any learners. We've got in some of our um, pilot schools, obviously they were teaching the daily lessons within the year groups that were learning phonics formally. And then they were using interventions and going through the lessons on an iPad um, with some of the children that were further up the school to support them in closing gaps that they might have. Katie, I don't know if you want to... Yes, I was just, I completely, exactly that. I was just also going to say about our pilot schools who, um, who, were, who were using ELS and how they were using it across the school and say thank you so much for asking that question because it's, it's a brilliant one. Um, and Tara's, Tara's explained, you know, we thought really carefully about making sure this is a programme that could be used in any year group. And because every member will, every member of staff will have been trained in the program, they'll have knowledge of uh, the, the structure and the language that we're using, that really consistent approach. And um, the Oxford Owl um, hosts all of the interactive whiteboard resources and uh, the handbook. So everyone also has access to those. So if you know there's just a specific gap or a certain gap in either phase two, phase three, phase five, or you just want to do a review, any member of staff who, um, who's within your school, they can access those via Oxford Owl, which is great because it means that um, any child can access them either via a screen or via an iPad like Tara mentioned. And it was so important to us that, you know, this could be used in any, any year group. And we've tried not to make it what we call like too young. We've tried to make sure that it's something that could be used um, by any child and they wouldn't feel like they're doing phonics, if that makes sense. Yeah, like even this, you know, the stories that we've written that accompany the programme that are in the activity workbook, They'd be appropriate for any child of any age. Um, there's, for want of a better word, there's nothing babyish about it. It's very much a, 
we're going to teach you how to read and we're going to read lots of really exciting and interesting things. And this would be appropriate for any child, you know, even secondary school children. This wouldn't feel like it was a program designed for young children. Do you feel like we've answered your question or would you like to answer? No, that that definitely answers my question. Is it something that you can literally dip in and out of depending on the child's needs? Yes, Yes. yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, as the programme, because I think it's going to be released in sections so it's not overwhelming because a big part of what we've written is about, you know, not overloading the children cognitively and we don't want to do that to adults either because if I had 360 lessons on my computer, I might freak out a bit. But kind of as it's as it comes out, you'll be able to then pick up the lessons that you need. And it would, you know, it would make sense to kind of follow the structure of the year to make sure that you get that coverage in throughout the year as well. But yeah, you can absolutely just dip into the things that you need. Um, I'm a bit at the opposite end um, from the previous questioner. I work in a special school for children with severe learning difficulties but a minority of our children will um, be able to access some reading. So I think the scheme will be really good for them. But we are keen to keep using a lot of the phase one things because we really like that letters and sounds. So I was wondering if you'd be able to tell me a bit more about um, what is remaining, because I know you said that um, it starts predominantly at phase two now. Thank you so much for your question. Um, A great one. And actually, I was meant to talk about phase one earlier on, and I apologise that I didn't. Um, so essential lesson sounds, as Tara mentioned, does start from, from phase two because being a phonics, a systematic synthetic phonics program, it's very much about teaching those sounds and graphemes from the start of reception. But that, um, what we have got in our handbook is some guidance on phase one. And if we're being completely honest, we haven't changed that. We haven't, we've retained what happened in terms of phase one with the seven aspects. The actual program itself from phase two also has a huge emphasis on oral blending because we wanted to make sure those children, all children, had the opportunity to still um, hear sounds being put together to, to make words. And then we knew that would also have a huge impact on their own reading and then writing. But yes, absolutely. Phase one is something that we have got guidance on. And we are saying to schools, although in thinking about like reception, we want schools to start teaching phase two from the beginning of reception. That doesn't mean that you can't be using phase one activities throughout your day and, you know, um, in earlier settings it'd be like in contingent provision for example but absolutely you know that can be used but the actual lessons themselves start from phase two and work the way through as i say oral blending is a huge part of it and we also encourage schools um obviously it's not part of the brain but we'd encourage schools to continue you know reading lots reading lots of stories and te- uh, poems and rhymes aloud and so there's still that rich language being used throughout uh, throughout the day and not just within the program does that answer the question? <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, that's, um, that's great. Um, I did also have um, another question about, I have quite a few autistic children who can read really well, but their comprehension is very, very um, low. How much does the um, programme concentrate on the comprehension from an early stage as well? Well, as Katie said, you know, her, her motto is give, give, give. We give the children the sound, we give them... We give them a word, we give them the meaning. At no point are we ever asking children to guess anything. They are completely equipped at every point of the programme to know exactly what it is that they're reading about or um, to be able to use the information that we've taught them that day because we're giving them the answers. We're not going to test the children, we are going to teach them. And probably an overshare, but my son is autistic and we've I've been using these stories with him and he's been looking at the rhymes and the mnemonics with me as I've been writing it all with Katie. And he reads beautifully. 
Um, he has found it very difficult to learn how to read because of his circumstances, but his comprehension is great because he said, you know, you just, it just tells you the answer every time. I don't have to worry about not knowing it. So I'm not worrying about the thing I don't know. I already know what that is so I can understand it. I can just get on with reading the story or reading the text. So I think that kind of we've gone as far as we can with giving the children everything that they could possibly need to be able to access it. I don't know if you want to add anything, Katie, but I feel like he's a I, great case study because <laughs> he's mine. He is, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. He's been such a huge part of uh, us asking, you know, running things past him and asking him questions, but it's been amazing to watch him, you know, really engage with uh, what, we, what we've been doing. Um, and, I, yeah, just following from Tara, which I was saying, it's so important to us that we do give give to the children that we're not testing or asking them to guess you know learning to read already is such a difficult concept and we wanted to make it something where children felt successful and so although we don't you know use the decodable text or decodable readers for comprehension purposes we actually we work we really do focus on language comprehension and giving children meaning to words early on so they know they they can understand that vocabulary that we're using and they can then um, see that in other contexts and be able to apply it in other areas and we have found that that has been really um, effective for all children. Um, and then some of our pilot schools, you know, they do have uh, also a range of cohorts. And um, we've seen that the children have really benefited from being given that knowledge straight away. And that's actually something that within our trust, our, um, within Knowledge Schools Trust, who this has been developed with, that's always been a big part of our, our trust and our curriculum that we actually give the children um, this, this new vocabulary and that they can then use it. So they don't feel nervous or scared to be able to join in with the conversation or not have an understanding of what's going on. Yeah, and we introduce new vocabulary through our flashcards as well. So you've immediately they've got a picture to contextualise what it is that you're talking about. So, for example, uh, we had um, tiptoe past the dough is one of our rhymes. And I showed the card to my son and he said, well, what's a dough? And immediately I was able to say, well, this is a dough. It's a female deer. And now he knows what it is. It was that simple. But Katie and I have watched teachers ask children questions they don't know the answer to time and time again. And that's what we wanted to avoid. You know, at no point asking the child to do something they don't know the answer to, because that sets them up to fail and that's turning them off to reading. And what we want to do is empower our children. I think that's such an important point, Tara, that it's about giving children the ability to, to learn from that place of security and that place of safety. And the lessons, I think, do that in, in a really thought through, really kind of structured way. And then I think it's, it's so useful to have that link across into the decodable readers, because as you say, the decodable readers, they're really super useful for practicing euphonics, you know, and for, 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 for reading aloud, blending, all the rest of it. But they also um, are really carefully structured in terms of, of their comprehension level of difficulty. So they, are, they follow our Oxford level system. They start from very simple, straightforward texts, just a few words on each page, very simple sentence construction, and move up gradually, 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 building confidence as you go, all through the, the different reading skills that you need to bring in alongside your phonics. So they provide that kind of supportive, structured scaffold around comprehension and other reading skills too. That's great. Thank you. That really, really helps. Um, makes me very confident in using the scheme. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Oxford Ed Chat. We hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, please DM them to us at OUP Primary on Twitter. For more information on essential letters and sounds, please visit our webpage, 
www.oxfordprimary.com forward slash essential letters and sounds. Thank you.